Welcome to the return of the Primal Endurance Podcast. This is your host, Brad Kearns, and we are going on a journey to a kinder, gentler, smarter, more fun, more effective way to train for ambitious endurance goals. Visit primalendurance.fit to join the community and enroll in our free video course. Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low-impact options, an assortment of high-intensity interval training and high-intensity repeat training strategies, a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com slash brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find get ready for a very high energy human by the name of peter park he is a highly regarded personal trainer he's a legend in the fitness industry having worked with many professional athletes and hollywood celebrities and also known for hanging with Lance Armstrong and getting him doing some good work in the gym uh, during his Tour de France days. He has a great facility in the beautiful Santa Barbara area called Platinum Fitness, and his background is really interesting. So we're going to have a wide-ranging discussion of how he came to be this very enthusiastic and passionate trainer, and you're going to love how this comes out in his voice and his discussions of his lifelong dedication to getting people fit and healthy and performing at their peak, including young athletes, including business leaders, and including the Hollywood types. Uh, But Peter is both an extreme endurance athlete and also has an interesting background in powerlifting. And he talks about how he went from 200-pound Rip City strong guy to total immersion into the Ironman scene. And we cross paths a little bit in the Santa Barbara area when I was there in school and a little bit after training as a pro triathlete and he was coming up and man, this guy was just a legendary trainer. The stories that people told around town that no one could keep up with this guy's 
work ethic. And you're going to hear about some of his reminiscing about the amazing workouts, riding his bike, uh, you know, down the California coast and just training for hours and hours. He completed 23 Ironman triathlons in his career. So he's been to the very edge of peak performance and explored the limits of human endurance. When you think about it, uh, he's probably exercised and trained at a level that few other humans have in the history of the world because he still maintains a very ambitious training schedule in the gym. And you'll hear him describe over the course of the show all the fun stuff that he likes to do with sprinting and hill sprints. He was also a competitive volleyball player in college. And this extreme training stuff didn't even take hold until, let's say, the 80s, perhaps, right? There wasn't that much going on before that, the advent of triathlon and ultra running and so forth. So you are going to hear from someone who has experience in all different levels of athletic training, all different types, and has brought it all together to form his philosophy uh, that he dispenses at Platinum Fitness. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. We talk about the great performances of the Norwegian triathletes today, which we're both fascinated with. And that brings up the topic of energy balance. Peter's experimented with so many different diets. And so we talk about this ideal of being fully fueled to lead a healthy, active, energetic lifestyle. And this guy is doing it like nobody else. He's in the gym all day long, caring for clients, getting his training in. We're both the same age, 57. He's a tremendous inspiration. Here we go with the show, Peter Park. Peter Park connecting from maybe the nicest, most amazing city in the world, Santa Barbara. You're the um, you're the local hero, man. You've been there forever. Forever, yeah. And I, I don't see myself leaving either. <laughs> um, and the the Platinum Fitness Facility, the beautiful website. You can see what's going on there, and we'll talk all about the innovative training strategies that you've developed and implement to your clients. But I think we should start with your amazing uh, endurance career. Um, that's where we connected way back when, when I was training in Santa Barbara, we, we crossed paths a little bit. Um, you were you were too tough for me, so I had to go go away yeah. with my tail between my legs. Uh, but this is, um, what, 23 Ironmans? That's, that's what you- um, Something like that, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like up there. I don't think there's too many people that have done that many. Um, you know, Ken Glaw did 30 in a row in, in Ironman Hawaii, but that's a yeah. that's a lot of uh, that's a he lot of medals, man. Row. Yeah, he yeah, did thirty in a row. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not thirty iron. I mean, not Hawaii's, but yeah, total. But I, <laughs> I, you know, most people do one or two or three or or twelve if they if they're really yeah. long term. But that was a grind. What was that all about? How'd you get into it? It's funny because I started out as a volleyball player, uh, which is funny. I that's I got a scholarship out of high school to play volleyball. Uh, so that's where I started in that world. I was, I mean, from the time I was 10, I was obsessed with ball, beach volleyball, indoor, and whatever. So I played there and, and at, I actually went to University of Hawaii my first two years. And then I quit. They didn't have a libero. That's the position where, like, you can be short and play back row and serve. Yeah. They didn't have that back then. So I was a setter, but I couldn't. I was just in the, in the front row. I just couldn't block. I was just, you know, I was like, they called me tips because I don't get my tips over the net, you know, when I blocked. And, and it was just. But I played and I loved it. And uh, but then uh, after volleyball, it's funny because then I, I when I was like 13, I worked in a really powerful gym here. I mean, it was a grungy little hole in the wall on Garden Street, you know, downtown, seedy. But the best powerlifters in the world worked out there. Hmm. 
So right after volleyball, it was funny. I got into this very big powerlifting, bodybuilding. You know, I got to like 200 pounds. And, you know, I got to watch the, you know, the best of the best, you know, train. And so I kind of had this perfect pedigree to become a trainer because I did the volleyball things, you know, the, the team sports. And then I did the whole bodybuilding, powerlifting. I got to watch, you know, I was always intrigued by the science and how they did it what rep range they used and how much they rested and, you know, all that stuff. So I was always super intrigued with that. And then my sister was a world-class runner. I mean, she ran like a 31, 32, 10K. She won NCAA's 10,000 meter one year. And then wow. I just, one day I go, I, I know I could beat you in a, you know, of course she beat me by like five minutes. And then literally six months later, five months later, I did my first, you know, I did the Honolulu marathon and I ran like 235 or six. I'm like, okay, I have, I have some, definitely, obviously, have some talent in this, and so I just completely switched gears and I did an Ironman like four months later. So within a year, I did an Ironman. I did New Zealand, and I was tenth place, and I was like nine oh four, nine oh three, and that's when I go, okay, I can, I can do this. But you know, of course, I, I, you know, did every wrong thing, and you know, I'd run like a hundred miles. I'd take the train, I'd ride to San Diego, take the train home, swim with the age group kids. You know, I was crazy. I mean, like Mike said, I was crazy like i would just do the i would just pick the strongest like eric check he was a cyclist at the time i would just ride with him whatever he did and then i'd pick the best runner and do whatever he did and then i'd swim with the age because you know and of course i had some really good races and i'd crash and burn for a few months and then come back it was that constant thing and and so but i had some really good results but i you know watching especially how these norwegians and the guys are training I'm like oh god i could have been so much better if i did it right you know i just it was a it was a wild west back then you know we didn't know what we were doing uh, but I had a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. I mean, it was the journey incredible, you know, just a test to see how far I could go. And we, you know, we just didn't know what we were doing. It was fun. You know, it was a lot of fun. You know, sometimes I think the guys get too caught up mm. in all that stuff and they lose the, you know, the fun we had in the, you know, just like, it was so you know unique back then. Yeah. The best adventures, uh, in my opinion, were these long, distance bike rides and i used to love to do the one way like you describe and um you know you're just riding down the california coast i used to ride home i lived in the san fernando valley when i was a student at ucsb when i switched yeah. from the running teams to triathlon right and i'd just show up at my house and it was like the greatest feeling that i would huh. I, could, I could cover that distance on my bike you know yeah, we used to take the dude out and go, and we'd go to San Diego, we'd go to like Stu Plantation and just like, <laughs> just like who are these take guys? our backpacks and take like 500 muffins and put them in the backpack oh, and yeah. get on the train and then go home. But that was, it was, it was fun though. That, those days were, I miss those days actually. So wait, you're saying that you came out of the bodybuilding gym at 200 pounds and then what was the Around, timeline? Yeah, there? and I lost, well, what happened, I mean, it was funny because yeah, I was huge. I was, I mean, I was squatting ridiculous amounts of weight and and then you know i just followed these you know I, you know once i get into something i kind of go 100 <laughs> percent and i went guy, full people. on in for like three years and 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 then uh i don't know it's my sister that whole the, the endurance thing just intrigued me and i just just went full for it and i what happened is i had from a a kid i had this jaw that kind of went to one side and so i had to have like jaw surgeon my mouth wired shut for eight weeks and i lost like 60 pounds and i mean from being bodybuilding i was just freaking shredded i mean i would run i'd run down the street like down cabrillo and people looking like you're free you know because i had like roadmap veins in my stomach and this was just coming it was like I, I cut for a contest or something 
And then I just got addicted, you know, just from there, I just started watching like Iron Man's on TV and I just, okay. And then I just completely switched gears to that world, you know, after that. So you, you, you got the weight off through the jaw surgery, you're saying? Well, I, that, I mean, it just kicked it in. It was like, you know, when Lance had cancer and lost all that weight, it was like, yeah, right. you know, I just, I mean, I went from like 200 pounds to like 160, you know, in like eight or 10 weeks. I was training a lot too. I was running and you know, it was all new to me. You know, when you first start training, your body's not used to it. And I was like, my metabolism just went crazy. And I was only 21, you know, 22. So that I had the age on my side, but I just, it was crazy, you know, how, and then I, how fast I got, how, you know, how quick I just got good at it. Other than, you know, the injuries I got from trying to train like a pro in the first, you know, four months. <laughs> Out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anything any attributes that transfer over from putting in that hard work in powerlifting and getting super strong and then trying to be an endurance athlete. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was always one that lifted weights during, I always believed in it. I always thought it helped me for strength. Like when I did ultra running, anything like that, I could just out, I could out run anyone in the strong stuff, like going to Figaro mountain or something like that, you know, 110 miles into the ride. I just always felt that strength helped me. You know, some people will argue against it, but for me, it, I always lift. I just love, I love lifting. I just felt it kept me, you know, gave me a little bit of an edge. It kept me healthy because it helped me balance. I felt oh. in my body, like, you know, in my, you know, I never got, you know, really a lot of imbalances. I always, I lifted always. I never stopped. Uh, you know, I tapered, of course, and, you know, four races, but I always believed in, in strength training just from the get-go, you know, even, you know, so you know yeah i mean there's plenty of great articles books experts uh, talking about how beneficial it is but i think the the challenge is to balance everything because you only have so much energy and i had a, a huge struggle with that because i i knew it was important but um sometimes you just bump up against your maximum capability to put in yeah, work every yeah, day yeah but I, I always you know from those powerlifting guys there's a few doctor teach guy you know really good physiologists that you know always taught me you know to never train to failure keep the reps mm. low you know you do all this endurance already don't go out there and make it you know don't go in and do you know 500 squats and then go on the leg press and do 100 reps and he goes you know that i learned from a young age that's bullshit you know like i did i would go and do like you know five sets of three hex, you know, deadlifts, or I do a few, you know, I would just keep the reps low and never train to failure. And I, I just, I always could recover pretty well. It's the times mm -hmm. when you go like that hypertrophy, 10 to 12 reps and you grind it out. That's where the next day you just have all that, you know, that lactic acid and soreness and you just can't recover. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, people always, you know, like, what do you mean? Like three reps makes you big. I'm like, no, you're quite wrong. It's the opposite. Like, you go 10 reps, you're going to get big. You keep it three reps, it's much more nervous system than, than, than you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to get, you know, I always wanted to be as strong as I could be without putting on a lot of mass. And I think that, th you know, five reps, six reps is kind of that crossover where you're going to get some hypertrophy if you go in those ranges. But if I kept them like three to four and, you know, just worked on my technique, and, you know, I'd always did a lot of swings and you know kettlebell swings stuff that you know i knew what would make me big i didn't go and do mm. you know incline press for you know 10 reps super slow or anything like that i knew what would i just i i mean because i have a body that can, you know can get big if i'm not careful i have to watch you know i mean i can get if i wanted to get big i could you know i just i just knew which 
which techniques would get me, you know, too big in my upper body. Cause I can get, I can get super barrel chested if I'm not careful. Yeah. It also occurs to me that uh, for the endurance athlete, you're trying to develop complementary skills that'll support your performance. And if you go in the gym and do a bunch of reps, it still seems today that a lot of endurance athletes just keep that endurance mentality, no, I, I don't get whatever it. they're I don't, doing. I don't, I mean, I just laugh when I do that. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, like CrossFit for endurance athletes, I think is not smart. I mean, I don't think, I'm not nothing against CrossFit, but like going in and doing those 20 minute Metcons and your heart rates, mm. like why you, you're just, I mean, you're just wrecking your, it's one more stress your body has to go through and not recover from your bike rides and whatever else your main thing. You know, it's the same for, I think it's the same for any athlete, you know, the, the baseball players I train, anyone, you know, their sport is their sport. You can't make the training another sport to recover from. So right. it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, so I try to keep it, you know, there's times of the year, like the baseball players will come in here in like a couple of weeks and I can work them really hard for like a month or two because mm -hmm. they're not playing baseball. That's one time a year I can really, you know, hammer them out and, and get some really good strength for, you know, because, you know, they play so many, so long and so many games that give them a huge base of strength and, and they can carry it all the way through through the season if they just maintain during the season. I mean, with little. So if you get that big, just like an endurance athlete, if you get that big base of fitness or cardio or whether it's cardio strength, you can, you know, you can do very little in the season and still maintain. Well, it's especially important at the elite level when your main objective is to make it through the season. So like an NBA guy, imagining someone like that coming in and doing a CrossFit session no, during or anywhere near the season is just a recipe for breakdown. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's kind of like, a, I mean, I've done it so long now. It's just, if you make mistakes, you kind of write it down you kind of just figure out. And over mm -hmm. the years, you just kind of, I've just kind of formed like a formula that I just go, okay, this is work. This hasn't worked this, you know, and I know what kind of volume they can take just by, just by, you know, I mean, an athlete can walk in the gym and I know if they're tired, very easy. See. just by their attitude when they're warming up you know wow. you can just see if they're tired you can just look at them and go okay now you're you're off this you know you can see it when they you know a lot of them try to fake it but you can't fake you know they yell at you when you tell them to do one little thing yeah. or something i mean you can just see it so I, i'm pretty good at knowing okay i'm i like to i push people you know to their you know their potential but i don't i don't if you go over it it's 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 worthless training so i've learned you know because i you know i used to think you know, when I first started training people, you know, what do you mean you can't do an Ironman? Everyone should be able to do that. You know, I was just dumb. I was just young. I just, you know, I just trained everyone way too hard. Oh. And I've learned over the years, like, okay, you know, more isn't always better. And, you know, Pavel, the kettlebell guy, has been a, become a really good friend of mine. And we talk all the time. And he's really, you know, he's really got me into, like, a lot of, a lot of the Russian, you know. You know, he'd always say, hey, why do you think Russian powerlifters last 20 years and Americans last four years, you know, one Olympics because, you know, the Russians never trained, they rarely trained to failure. They train low reps that, you know, they strain that sweet spot and just do it over and over and over again with good form. They don't get caught up in the, you know, what's hot and what's not, you know, mm. the, the mass volume training or whatever the catch word of the month is. <laughs> and they just have that, you know, okay, you build, you, you know, you rush, you, you know, and it's, you know, it's the simplicity of it is, is uh you know is kind of where it's at if you do it right oh my gosh it, these topics are so much more important to me now at age 57 uh, because no, there's no that. there's no <laughs> wiggle room anymore and no. um you you have to learn to do that uh, under the radar strategy or grease the groove as as pavel says rather than just being the blaster the the king of the uh 
the king of the town. But yeah, so back to your your endurance career, um, you know, knowing what you know now or, or how that played out, you you felt like you made some mistakes in the area of overtraining. Overtraining, you know, not not not, you know, on my easy rides, easy runs, not going easy enough. I'd say I'd mm-hmm. always kind of go junky pace, you know, uh, too much of that, getting caught up in. Okay, I'm gonna do a 40 mile recovery, then <laughs> seeing some guy on the freeway going to Refugio and just like freaking throwing care to the wind. I got this fucking guy's not gonna beat me, you know, and then just little stupid stuff like that. That I just, you know, oh, I think I'll jump in this LA marathon two weeks before New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you go, yeah, I go there and I'm like, okay, I wonder, I ran 240, which wasn't that fast for me back then, but, but I get there two weeks and I wonder why I can't, I'm like destroyed at New Zealand, you know? So doing an Ironman two weeks after a marathon. Yeah, well, I mean, just all the client, you know, all you know, the list goes on. I just was, you know, I didn't have a coat. I was always kind of experimenting with myself. I think, like I said, if I had one of those coaches, like the Norwegian guys, where they say, "Hey, you're doing this today, and this is how much food you're eating, mm. and you got to have ten thousand calories because we're doing this today," and having your energy balance stay all the same. And I think I didn't eat enough a lot of times, and my nutrition wasn't locked on. So I really, I mean, I've been, I've been really curious about watching what those guys do, and I've listened to all the podcasts, and it's just. You know, they're so spot on with their diet and, you know, they don't care about, they don't want to see veins in their stomach and rip. They, you know, they look heavy to me, like not heavy, but not like a normal endurance person. Yeah. And I, I love the way they talk about how they want to keep always their energy balance positive and they never let it get low. And, you know, that's how, you know, how they, how they can train that long. I mean, of course, I think, you know, to me, it seems like I'm not, I'm guessing, but it seems like the Norwegians took like, you know, like a hundred kids or something bombed them all and like five or a couple of five lasted oh these guys can all take the, the volume and then they they train them right and they have a vo2 of 90 and they can put in the volume you know that's what's going to happen you know i mean they're wow. gonna, and they have good training now and they're you know their coaches knows exactly their body temperature and what they should eat and you know it's amazing now to see how far they've come with all this you know these things yeah i'm fascinated with blumenfeld performing the way he does uh, coming in at around 5'9", 170, because he does yeah, not match no, the no. physique of the, uh, the, the extreme no. endurance athlete that we've always thought was this fat-burning machine and lean yeah. and lean. And you no. know, I'm wondering, like, we also know that the performance limiter at the very, the, the most difficult sports like bodybuilding or Tour de France is a lot of times how many calories one can yeah. process in a day. Yeah. Um, and so maybe this guy has transcended our model of fat adapted endurance training and he must be mainlining a bunch of carbohydrates. Oh, he is. I've, I've, I mean, yeah. like I said, I'm, stu- I'm a, like, a, I love, I'm a student of like, when someone does this well, I'm like, okay, what can I learn? What are they doing that, you know, yeah. I just, not for me, but for people that I train and just, I, I just intrigued by, okay, fuck, there are 10 guys went under 740 or 45 or yeah. under eight. I'm like, that's crazy. What are they doing? Like, I mean, the bikes aren't that much better or, you know, you know, it's not that. So just the way he talked, I mean, I've listened to, you know, every podcast they've done probably. And, you know, the eating and they, they, they stay in that positive energy balance. They, they don't do any massage or any of that stuff, you know, no oh. cold plunges, none of that shit. They just go, okay, sleep and eat. And you're, that's all we need. And I mean, that's pretty much what they do. And it's, it's simple. And they just, they have the formula down. Okay ride you know 10 by 10 minutes at your you know this this you know millimoles of lactate and they got it down to a side and they don't and everyone's different they have it down and how many calories you need that day and 
you know, can you imagine if you had that? I mean, it would be, I mean, it would take a lot of the guesswork out of, you know, and then they have, a, you know, like a thermometer up their butt to see what their body temperature is. And, you know, so it's, it's, you know, I can see like if you had someone like Lance back in when he was 24 doing that training, he probably would have done the same thing. Mm. You know, if he, he had, you know, Lance who could swim, he could run, you know, if he had that kind of, you know, training and, and, you know, with his talent, I mean, I think he probably could have gone probably oh, what sure. these guys are doing. Yeah, undoubtedly. I thought he was going to go busted open when he was 37 yeah. or whenever he turned to yeah. triathlon. Yeah, I think he it, have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, these guys. So um, you talked about uh, perhaps being underfed when you were yeah, trying to do all sure. this performance. I was always a little anorexic when I was racing. You know, I always wanted to be, oh, I want to be super lean and I want to be, you know, and I, and I would, I, you know, I just, I would definitely not, I would, there's no way I ate enough. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, probably, especially protein. And yeah. so therefore you're, yeah. you're catabolic most of the time because you're on the bike yeah. seat for five hours and pounding the roads for another couple hours. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so maybe that's, um, yeah, the, the, the lack of veins in the stomach, Blumenfeld's uh, no, signature no, move. I'm, just, I'm so intrigued by, you know, you know, and they're pretty open about telling them what they do. And it's really interesting to me to hear how they do, you know, because that kind of throws the whole, you know, get fat adapted, ketogenic, you know, because I've, I've, I did that for so long. Like, oh, you, you did? Know, I, well, I did that. I, I tried, I know I'm, a, I'm my own experiment. I try everything. Yeah. I, I would, if it became, you know, I want to see, the only thing I haven't tried is the carnivore thing. I haven't done that, but I've done vegan. I've done, you know, I did, and I try everything for like a year. You know, I'm like, okay, what, you know what, I have to give it a chance. And I look at my blood work and I kind of go, okay, how do I feel? You know, the, the keto, I just, I train too much. It just ne I never, I never felt that great doing it. I mean, I could go on eight hour rides or whatever I wanted to do mm. as long as I kept it aerobic. But if I, you know, tried to race my motocross guys on the Versa climber, you know, yeah. I was like a nightmare. You know, yeah. I just, I couldn't, I just didn't have the power. Uh, and I didn't mind eating that way. I, I have no problem. Same with, even when I was mm. vegan for a year, I was like, I don't mind eating this way, you know, it's, it's, I can kind of switch over to whatever my body's pretty adapted. I never had any stomach problems or mm. my, my weight. I never got that much leaner on it. One or the other. I just mm. always kind of, I mean, everything, you know, now I'm kind of in that middle where I eat probably I'm protein centric. I probably eat 150, 160 grams a day. And then I kind of adjust my carbs kind of like the Norwegian, like to, if I work out a lot, I eat a lot of sweet potatoes and, you know, I'm a pretty good eater. I don't eat a lot of junk. I don't eat yeah. bars or goos or anything like that. But I do eat, you know, quinoa and like sweet potatoes and a lot of some fruit. And, you know, I, I get, you know, if I'm doing, when I have the moto guys here, like they're coming next week, I have to work out a ton. Like, I mean, those guys are fit. I mean, talking about those guys are incredible. Yeah, people fit. don't even realize, like, no, the I mean, person operating the motorcycle is no, some of the fittest guys around. Five minute motos. Yeah. Their heart rate's 93, 4% the entire race. And they don't realize those guys are, are fit as, as hell. And so when they come, you know, I have to take them. It's a one time a year. I actually have to, it's like a race for me. I have to train to, for them to come. So wow. I have to like, oh shit, they're coming next week. I got to like do all this versa climber and I got to climb Gibraltar and I got to be able to, you know, to, to, to hang with them. And so it's like a whole, it's like my, for six weeks, I've been doing like a, it's almost like I'm training for a race just to have those guys come. So, because they're they're 22 years old, 23 oh, yeah. at Watch the top out. of their game. So I'm like, you know, at the beginning they're they're in their beginning season, but you know, it's great because by six weeks that I can't, you know, they're just dusting me. But you know, but at the beginning I can make them suffer at the beginning. 
Yeah, but you know they lift weight. You know they do everything. That that's a sport that's I think under. I mean the, the fitness of those guys. They have to be strong. They got to be stable. They got to be super fit aerobically. It's a it's a it's a intense. And then you know you can die at any minute if you do mm. wrong. So you got the adrenaline factor there too. So that's my kind. Of, that's one of my favorite sports to train, just because there's so many variables involved in their training that they have to you know mental, physical, mm. you know everything. Yeah, definitely all around athlete, but especially with that endurance that I don't think the audience appreciates no, when they're absorbing no, they the impact not. every second on the bike. And yeah. yeah, I know yeah. there's a motor people, but this is probably no. as hard as a Tour de France, you know? No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the diet stuff is people who've listened to my show know I've, I've been doing a lot of recent reflections. And one of them is the, the idea that um, doing things like keto, restricting carbs, uh, restricting the time periods that you eat mm -hmm. has to be counted as a stress factor to the 100%. body as does training and so when you're stacking those together i feel like a lot of people are possibly erring in you know overloading the stress mechanisms of the body accordingly i agree especially if you're doing cold plunge and all that stuff <laughs> like you said every, all of that just adds up and you know i've never i've never i mean i like this stuff but i've never done it that much but i did do time restricted eating for a long time and i did and i don't know i just now i, I feel better when i just eat I when i feed myself more i because i'm busy all day i mean i'm handing mm. people weights i'm running around and you know i'm never i never sit like I, yeah. I mean, i'm always handing people weights and you know putting weights on bars and taking them off and then i work out myself and i work out with clients so just like i said i'm come come full circle i'm like okay I just keep my protein high and I just eat, you know, my calories depending on, you know, what I'm doing that day uh, or that week, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's also, of course, you're going to, uh, it, it's sensible to time extra carbs with extra workout, but then we got to think about, well, the day after you had a big day with the moto guys is another yeah. great opportunity to overload and make sure that yeah. you recover. Yeah. So yeah, the eating is, I, you know, I have a pretty you know, my energy has been pretty good. So I, I, I definitely eating more has been, and I didn't gain any weight really either, which I thought I'm like, oh, I, mean, I feel like I'm eating like a thousand more calories a day just because I'm not restricting. And I, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I eat super healthy, you know, I don't eat anything. I'm not a, you know, a chip and, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't eat junk food. Uh, but, you know, I just eat more volume of food, you know, and I, I'm not feeling better, you know, at my, you know, at my age, you know, I'm the same exact age. I'm 57. Right. And, and, you know, of course, you know, we'll talk probably about this, but your training has, I, I've had to change my, my, I, you know, my, my training a lot because I, you know, I, I see, you know, where I'm headed. I want to, I want to be 80 years old and like be, you know, I always tell my wife, I'm like, when I, you know, because we used to go to like Sun Valley or Mammoth and I'd see these, all these old grizzly guys in the gym, like 80 buff and tan and like wrinkled and I'm like I want to be that's what I want, what I want to be when I'm retired I'm 80 I want to be like a ski resort just hiking and working out all day and I want to be able to you know I was if I would have kept training like I was like I still can't believe there's people that we both know that are still racing Ironmans like uh, them when we raced yeah and I'm like how do they do I, I could I mean I wouldn't I would I mean I love the Ironman the whole thing but you couldn't pay me to do one of those again right now there's no way like I just, there's no, I don't have any, any urge to do that at all. 
Hey, I want to tell you about Schwank Grills. This is a revolutionary portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank Portable Infrared Grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings wings, hamburgers, seafood, lobster, vegetables. I make salmon in three minutes. They even have a pizza stone accessory. I want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-N-K. Everything you cook, faster, juicier. The speed is so important, so convenient. Uh, there's a drip tray on the bottom, so you let the juices drip down. I love the bison burger, the venison burgers. That's my game. And then you can add a mixture of butter, spices, whatever you want, into the tray. Pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor. Are you getting hungry? I am. <laughs> Let's go to schwankgrills.com, S-C-H-W-A-N-K, grills.com, and up your home cooking game. This is a one-of-a-kind grill. I have a great discount code for you, of course. It's BRAD150 to save $150 off your purchase of a Schwank grill. Yeah, I don't think it correlates at all with uh, total comprehensive functional full-body fitness nor longevity. And um, yeah. there's probably a way to do it with minimizing the damage that, that you described from yeah. your younger years and I described. But uh, at the same token, it feels to me, and maybe this is a transition where we can converse about uh, all the different you know, ways you can train, but um, it seems like um, active people can go get that A plus in cardio really easily when you yeah. add up the hiking, the biking to the farmer's market the proper uh, steady state cardio workout that you do if you're interested in that stuff and the stuff you do in the gym and the sprinting you do on the beach, yeah. that stuff counts toward the A plus. But then yeah. we have to talk about, um, you know, resistance load and you know, functioning of the joints and the connective tissue and just preserving muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people like, okay, if you want to do an Ironman, doing one, great bucket list I, oh, i'm happy to train fun, yeah yeah you know yeah. go do it we but, should rename you know, it but... uh, iron man bucket <laughs> list uh organization yeah they training, wouldn't like yeah. that yeah but you know my training now i mean i i love i mean i love i mean i still like i don't think maybe other than you no one likes working out more than i do i just i every day i wake up i can't wait to fucking train wow you know i just i love i mean every every bit of it still and i, I think clients see that in me and i think they kind of feed off it a lot because they see, I just can't wait. You know, as soon as they see, they leave the gym, they see me strip my clothes off, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm taking my dog for a run or sprints or whatever." But I've had definitely had to slow down. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I do a lot of low end uh, stuff, but I do. I do a lot of uh, those a lack a lot of a lactic type training, like sprints on the bike, like ten seconds on, fifty seconds off, or I'll do it for forty minutes sometimes. You know, like ten on, forty off. You know, I can hold about seven hundred, eight hundred watts, and I and I. 56, my heart rate never goes, you know, above 130-ish or so. And I wake up the next day and I feel incredible. You know, wow. I mean, I wouldn't start at 40 minutes, of course. But I do a lot of those. I'll do one day of those on the bike, one day, you know, on the beach, hill sprints. Or I just, I keep everything. A couple of days a week I do, 
really short sprint. I just like sprint. I mean, for me, I mean, that's, I have like two fast switch muscle fibers in the body, maybe. <laughs> so I like doing it because it's my week. It's my, and I just, I feel good doing it. And I feel good the next day. And I do, I still do a lot. I mean, I still, my, you know, they call it zone two now, you know, but. Yeah, who you named know, that, Peter? Was that you? I have no idea. Did you make that up? I mean, what the hell, me. man? It irritates me because the more, yeah. I remember this, I knew my zone two today. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, we did this in like 1980, you know, with Moffatone. You know, we did, you know, I don't even know, whatever, you know, Moff, whatever you call it. But I do, I mean, I can still hold 250 watts at that heart rate, which is pretty good. I try to keep that up. And then, and then I do one day a week with my, you know, I have this group of Second Journey, this class is called Second Journey. They're all Mm. a bunch of guys our age that are former athletes, super fit. We did stuff in the gym and then we always, one day a week we have like a just an acid bath race you know and we just we just and we get like four guys on a team we just race on the burst of climbers or the bikes or whatever and it's just 20 30 minutes of just mayhem and we all just and that's the one time one time a week i i get after but that's it i mean that's pretty much it i mean and i i've stayed really fit i mean i can climb Gibraltar. i mean i can do all that stuff i i just keep it you know, I just don't do that much long, long endurance anymore. Maybe once every couple of weeks, I'll go like across the ridge up to Gibraltar and over and like, four, three or four hours, but not every week. And I've gotten into that rucking. You know, one of the, Michael mm. Easter, my friend, sent me one of those backpacks and I went, I've been going, you know, three, four, you know, three hour hikes in the hills with that thing on. It's like incredible. It's hard. You know, it's like doing walking lunges, you know, for 40 minutes up a hill. Uh, you know, you know, the trails in Santa Barbara, they're steep, you know, the, the you know, there's, you know, so you go back there for three hours and, you know, it's funny because my heart rate never goes up really. It gets, you know, it'll get to 120 or so, mm-hmm. but, but, but the muscular part of it is, is hard. It's, it's, it's one of the, it's, it's so different. Like when I first started doing it, I got sore in places I never thought mm-hmm. like way high in the glutes and, but I've, I've had no problem with my back or, or knees or anything. So I, it's one of those things I've kind of just discovered and I'm like, Oh, Kind of like this, you know, it's fun. Uh, I'm sure you're spending a lot of time doing resistance exercises in the gym too. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, lifting. That's probably my number one thing I do. I I will never. I'd pick lifting over over cardio any day for me now. I just love. I like lifting. I I mean, I like to. You know, I always tell people like, if you're losing body mass, you're basically dying. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like you know the less. And I've seen all these studies now where like you know you know, body mass and cognitive is kind of correlated, mm. like the more body mass. I've been, been reading on PubMed some stuff on that and other stuff. And yeah, muscle, muscle mass, muscle strength, muscle mass correlated with brain function. That's yeah. a pretty, it's a pretty scary one if you don't care about this no. enough. You're not, a, you're not a gym rat. Okay, fine. How do you like using your brain? Yeah. Yeah. So well, it, it, that, that's been, uh, you know, I just love lifting. I, I, I mean, ever since I, you know, been a kid I, I love lifting and i just love the science of it and trying to keep myself strong and i i'm not fancy i do you know i do probably five or six exercises you know i do pull-ups some you know i do push-ups bench press swings deadlifts you know so, so sometimes i'll do in warm-ups i'll do a lot of different moves like side lunging and and you know more functional stuff mm. in my warm-up just to do different moves but my main lifts pretty much stay the same all the time i just keep them strong. I want to be, I always want to be able to deadlift, you know, you know, one and a half my body weight, 350 pounds. I mean, I'm, I'm like 160. So if I can deadlift 350 or so, I'm happy on a, you know, on a regular bar, not a hex bar. I, I'm That's double. Of, yeah. 
Yeah, so a- I can, you know, and, and I just like to be able, you know, do 10 pull-ups and and I've learned a lot with pull-ups though. A lot of guys can't handle it. A lot of my older guys, I fucked up so many times and done pull-ups and they oh, get, you know, yeah. they get, you know, yeah. tendonitis. And so I'm, I'm careful with people on pull-ups, you know, just because it's such a, because once they get that, it's really hard to get rid of. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a, it's a terrible, I had it from, from golfing and uh, tennis elbow. I couldn't do pull-ups for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, But you know, it seems like a very functional and important skill to develop, but that ramping up is um, something that's super delicate. So now I always start my older guys with like a band, you know, using a band to help them. Yeah. Just, and then, you know, that's it. I think it's like anything you got to get your tendons have to get strong enough to be able to handle so I have them just do like two or three reps. And then even if they could do seven, I'm like, just stop at three. You're going to start using shit and you shouldn't go over that. Mm. And then over time, they can, you know, I've learned just, you know, from being dumb and say, oh, let's try to do, you know, 100 pull-ups and you just sit there until you do 100. You know, that's just dumb. You know, that's the recipe for disaster. But Unless lifting is our, uh... I love I love lifting. I just, you know, like I said, you know, our friend Tom Hodge, you know, you know, <laughs> he just rails me because, I, you know, he thinks I'm like, like this gym rat you know he know. loves being out there all day <laughs> doing these crazy extreme even over no, age 50s know, right? doing like, some amazing stuff i know yeah i call him the walking free radical <laughs> <laughs> well that's interesting you described that you have your go-to favorite exercises and you're not obsessed with variation because we've had this uh, this notion in fitness where you got to confuse your muscles otherwise you're going to level off and stagnate and i'm I'm thinking back to jack malane when he yeah. did you know a thousand he, what did he do a thousand sit-ups and a thousand push-ups before every 8 a.m yeah. every day and it's like he did, he wasn't confusing anything he was just knocking out a thousand of each yeah, i don't think I'll, he had I'll any problem like you know i'll go from four weeks of like front squats on a slant board uh four weeks of zercher squats you know holding here mm-hmm. then i'll go deadlifts you know traditional ted lifts hex bar i'll switch it up you know so, you know, same but different, I call it. You know, it's you know, same but a little just just a little different, you know. And you know, the, of course the load range and the how you load it is big, you know, a big mm. factor of how, how you see the strain. I mean, if you do three sets of ten deadlifts, it's much different than if you do five sets of two. I mean it's a big it's a big difference. So I sometimes I'll go in a little higher. I mean, I'll switch it up. I try I tend to keep the same thing you know, for four or five weeks, I don't really vary it that much. And then I'll switch it up every, you know, cycle. I just don't think like, I, I don't agree with people that come in and just, they think, Oh, you do, you know, do you want results or do you want cute? Like, what do you want? Like, I mean, if you want cute, I can make every workout different and it's fun. And, you know, it looks good on Instagram, but if you want to get strong and, and actually get somewhere, you got to do the same thing and you got to, you know, learn how to tension your body and lock in. I mean, Mm it's a skill and as you know you can see people doing a deadlift and you know okay that guy looks really locked in and, and then it's like a tennis stroke you know you can see really bad ones and and guys in the gym yeah. i mean i'm still learning things about deadlifts. oh shit i didn't know just pushing your big toe in the ground a little more mm. and like pushing through the ground a little harder like it's you know like you're pushing away from just little tiny cues that make yeah i, I mean that's what i love about you know strength training is it's, there's always you're always figuring out stuff that like I don't, I always feel like I know this much and I just, I mean, I would just, I want, I mean, I have my basic principles, but it's like, okay, there's always so much more you can learn on, on everything, you know? Well, that's the sign of a truly elite, uh, practitioners realizing how little, you know, and I feel that way about diet because I've been obsessed with it and writing books and then, um, 
you know, wake up one day and figure, realize, you know, I'm rethinking everything and no, changing course. I know, course. same thing. This whole, yeah. this whole listening to the Norwegian thing just fucking threw me for a loop. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I started eating more and, and getting, you know, and thinking about that, keeping my energy balance positive. And I was like, oh my God, like, why didn't I think about this before? I was yeah. just worried about how lean I looked, you know, yeah. instead of how do I feel? Like, how do I feel in the gym? And, you know, how do I, you know, how am I performing? You know, I'm, you know, it, so it's, it, it, so like I said, you learn little tidbits and, you know, I think that's why people probably love you because you, you admit like, okay, I tried this and I thought that was it, but there might be a better way out there that I can do. And that's, that's, I love that. I would people just take follow on your journey. That's what people like about me. Mm. It's like, you know, they'll like, you know, I'll say, okay, here, we're going to try this workout pro, you know, here, I've been playing with this. Let's try this. And especially, you know, but with the CEO, you know, back to like the training that like the CEO guys, you got to keep it simple. Their, their lives, you know, I can't say to them, okay, ice bath in the morning, you know, do this, do that. You know, if they can get, if I can get them to do some low end cardio on their own, some weights, and then I've, you know, meditation has become a big thing in my hmm. I I got, it's funny because it came like right before COVID I was in LA. I, I had a gym in LA before COVID and Within one week, Headspace, the guys that run Headspace, came in and asked me to train him. And Joe Dispenza, one of the biggest, you know, he lives here. And within one week, and I'm like, okay, the universe is telling me something here, you know. And and so I started working with both of them. And I got, I'm really close, close friends with Joe. He lives here. Uh, mm. And he, he talked me into going to one of his week-long meditation centers. And it literally changed my life. Like, literally. Like, I mean, now I, I, I'll pick meditation almost over a second workout. Uh, I mean, it's just, wow. it, it's, I've slept better. I mean, I'm more centered in my brain, everything. It's changed me. Like, I don't want to sound like a hoodoo, like a woo woo, but it did. I, I'm just saying that, I mean, I'm a guy that can't shut his brain off. It's always, moving. you know, full ADD, like always, you know, can't sit still, you know, always, you know, trying to move like, Oh, shit, I got a cancellation. Oh, I can go on the bike for 20 minutes, you know? You know, that's, that was just me, but he, that's, he just kept saying, Hey, come, you got to come. And then I finally went and was like, Oh my God. Wow. Okay. You know, cause in, you know, one day we meditated five hours straight and it felt like 30 minutes and I'm wow. like, okay. So now I just use his stuff and I, I go every, you know, I, I work and when I close the gym, I just go in this room and 30 minutes. I just do this, you know, one of his things and it, it's and and for the CEO guys, you know, the, the number one thing I see is, they can't, they don't sleep well, you know, they fall asleep and they all wait. A lot of them wake up at like three in the morning. Really? So a CEO attribute, huh? Oh, hundred percent. I see that across the board with a lot of them. And, and so, you know, with them, you've got to look at their lifestyle and go, okay, I can usually figure them out pretty quick. You know, like how much, how much time are they going to put into this and what's going to throw them overboard? What? And I got to just kind of form a program on, on what I think they can, you know, reading them is very important. Now, some guys, if I gave them like something one of my other guys did, they would run for the hills. They'd go, fuck this. I'm mm. not, you know, this is ridiculous. So I can't do the ice baths and the, you know, the the peptide shots or, you know, any of that stuff. You know, it's like, okay, let's eat well, exercise, you know, get, you know, get your, you know, and they just need a, a roadmap. And, you know, if you give it to them, they'll, they'll do really well with it, you know, and they'll lose weight and they'll, you know, I, the CEO thing, that's kind of become my net, you know, I love that part of it because it's, it's, you know, you can change their whole life. You know, an athlete, you get like this much, you know, you're mm. trying to change this much, but these guys, you can completely change their whole outlook on 
how they look at, you know, their and their executive function, their energy, everything. And they're and you know, once you give them that roadmap and you show them how much better they feel, they kind of run they kind of run with it. Oh my gosh, they've already conquered so many other challenges and then they have a starting point with you to you know, find, discover things that are truly important about, you know, improving their overall health status and, uh, you know, perspective. Yeah, I mean, energy. you've seen it. You can't, you know, you've done a lot for this diet. So, I mean, it is, you look at them and you go, okay, let's let's just drink eight glasses of water a day first, you know? <laughs> just that, anything. Okay, let's cut this, you know, just slow, you know, change. You know, like if I went and said, okay, no this, no that. You can't ever have that. They, they, they can do it for like two weeks, but then I, you know, they'll they'll they, they won't do it yeah so it's it's just finding it's 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 a it's a puzzle to find what you know now not everyone you know not everyone's the same you got to figure out you got to figure out what makes them tick and like okay how am i gonna slide into this guy's psyche and make him do <laughs> what you know what he needs to do to get healthy get some get some market share in the in the busy daily schedule yeah. of the the business yeah. leader uh so tell us how you dreamed up Platinum Fitness and uh, the unique operation that you have there, and you talked about some of your clientele being, uh, the, you know, the high-performing business type. But then you're also working with a lot of elite athletes, and how that all blends together. Yeah, I seem to have three. Well, Platinum, we I opened that in like 1997, about, and we started in Montecito, and it just kind of, you know, I was going to go to physical therapy school, and one of my clients that was training talks me out of it and goes, "Hey." This is your passion. I can see it just so wow. I I just we rented a building, we opened it, and I started training a lot of people. You know, it was great because I would have been a little bit of fish out of water if I just did endurance and I didn't have that strength background. I really mm. think I think having that in the volleyball really put me ahead of a lot of people. Because mm. I knew I mean I studied those power lifter guys like I mean, I would just I was a sponge. I'd stay in there all I was like 13, 14, 15, wow. and I would just stay in there and just watch every little thing they did. And so I learned a lot about, I, so I kind of was ahead of the curve on, on, I already gotten through a lot of the bullshit and the training. I kind of knew what, what was legit and what wasn't. And then uh, Lance came into town, like doing the tour and he, I met him through a mutual friend and he loved, when we were like kindred souls and we started training and I trained him when he was in the off season and, and then he came, uh, you know, when he was right before he, he did his second coming, you know, when he, was, when he did the tour the second time through in 2009, maybe. Mm. And he lived here for a while. And, and then he started bringing me, to, you know, he introduced me to, you know, at the time he was like, Jesus, you know, we'd go anywhere. And it was like, you know, parting of the seas. And so he introduced me a lot of very big wigs in, in L.A. And I started driving to L.A. I was always pretty... I was, I was probably, I was very ambitious. You know, I, you know, I always wanted to go higher than just the trainer in Santa Barbara. So I took him up on all these people in LA, very big wig CEOs and athletes. And, and so I, movie stars and singers. And I, and I lived that world for like 10 years. I, mm. And so, and then I had the gym up here still and it became, you know, I just got a lot of, you know, trainers. I always handpicked my kind of guys and, do we had a kind of like a brand and it just kind of evolved and 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 uh and became uh you know what it is today where it's just kind of you know stuff we've been doing you know started a long time ago and just kind of you know it's still evolving like i said it's not so it's always 
kind of going a little different ways, you know, and, and people like that. You talk about yeah, you were so ambitious and driven and, and grinding it down to LA. Now, do you feel like you're in a more reflective phase? Uh, in your career? No, not yet. I'm still, <laughs> no, because you know, the thing is, every, every single you know, wealthy person has moved to Santa Barbara, like literally. I mean, so many, it's like the hot spot to live right now. Everyone mm. has moved up here. So, a lot of my clients, you know, and I put all that time into LA and so anytime anyone moves from LA or anywhere, they just, they hear my name first. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't like give up this guy. You know, this guy is like, look at who this guy is, you know? And so I'm, I'm one that has a hard time saying no. So I'm still working, you know, 10 hour days, you know, um, a lot of the times, but I, I mean, I love what I do. I mean, mm. my wife just goes, Peter, you basically just hang out with your friends all day, you know, but I'm making my friends better. I mean, I like, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, people just know I care. I do. Yeah. I mean, if I take someone on, I like I glom on, and I'm like, I, I really care about what they're doing, and I want to see them, you know, get better to a fault sometimes, you know. And I'll I'll be at a party, and someone will say, "Oh, I can't get," and I'll, you know, I'm like, "Don't get away, get away," you know. I don't go talk, you know, because I want to go. Oh, I know exactly what you can do, you know. But yeah, but yeah. you know, you can only, as you know, you can only help so many people. You can't glom on to anything, or else I'll start spreading myself way too thin, and then. Mm. Then it does nobody good. So I, yeah. I I need to always learn to take some time out for myself and do some stuff, or else, you know, that balance is. I've never, I've always had a, you know trouble with finding that balance of work and family and and the whole thing. Well, it's great that you love what you're doing. I think uh, yeah. young listeners with career ambitions can pick up some great tips, which is you know your passion comes through and your total immersion into this. That's you know that's the sign of a a meaningful, rich life, even if you do feel like you're too busy at times or whatever, we can always recalibrate. But, you know, to wake up every day, can't wait to do your own workouts and to train other people. You're in the right mix, man. That's awesome. No, and I always tell the trainers, like, people feed off your your energy and your intensity. Like, if you go in there, go, oh, two reps, you know, okay, go do that one. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're going to be like that. And I found myself, even when I'm tired at the end of the day, I like, Sometimes I have to go in the bathroom and slap myself in the face because fuck, these guys are paying you a lot of money. Get out there and fucking give it to them. Like, yeah. because, you know, give them your energy because, you know, if you just go out there and you're just kind of, oh, I'll go do, you know, like, you know, it's just, they feed off me or you know, whoever they're training with. I mean, I, I can feel it. Like, I really know that. Like, if, if I'm not on, they're not on in their workout either. You know, yeah, so it's, it's a, I always tell trainers, that's a big, you know, they, they feed off what, you know, how you are and, you know, how you they they know what i what you know they always want to know oh, what'd you do this weekend you know they always want to know like what i did and like now why are you sprinting up that hill so many times or <laughs> you know whatever and i'm like oh i'm just trying out this new new swedish a lactic protocol or mm. whatever you know so yeah i mean that's uh i think that's true when you're at the dental hygienist but it's especially true when there's a lot of momentum against being healthy active fit lifestyle and so you know some people have trouble getting motivated they need the trainer to kind of perform and to model um you know how awesome everything is even if it's your seventh client of the day and your 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 own energy is getting a little drained yeah yeah then i have i have a not what keeps me i i like the mentorship part i have a non-profit for high school kids that want to play in college and a lot of like latino kids or a lot of kids that can't afford training i just I mean, I trained them a lot, you know, back, you know, eight years ago. I mean, I've done probably 
you know, fun, it's funny for the first time, I have a kid of a kid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, oh, he walked in like, oh, no, no. But anyway, so it's, I, I you know, it's, it's a nonprofit where the kids just, you know, I, I was sick of chasing money from the parents. You know, I was just like, you know, they couldn't afford it. I mean, $300 or whatever to, you know, some families was like a lot. So I just, you know, a lot of my wealthy clients will give, you know, scholarships to all these kids. Mm. And I and I love the mentorship because I see them all the way through high school. And I, I get to watch them in college. And it's it's that's probably one of my, I give about two hours, you know, an hour and a half to two hours a day, you know, for the high school kids in the afternoon. It's probably one of the most, rewarding things I did because it, you know you can you can change those kids are you know you give them some purpose and some structure and you know I always say no assholes allowed you know like you can't you can't be you know you, you know I always try to make them you know okay you guys would be good human beings first because so to be here you know I'm giving my time to you you, you know mm. you're not giving it you're not giving it your own you're not goofing, you're not coming here to goof around yeah because it, it's fun and so that's that's become a big part of my you know, my, I mean, as I get older, like you said, I, I, I like to, to do more of that, you know, where I can give, you know, I've done enough now where I can give away some time and do stuff with these kids. Right on, Peter, you're doing great stuff up there. I can't wait to drop in and visit you when I'm, when I'm ready for one of your, your legendary workouts. No, I need workouts. to spread with you. I want to get, I need yeah. to get dropped by you so I can see what the level of a 57 year old really should you know, what's so fun is like, you know, like, like you described, you have two fast twitch muscle fibers in your body. And of course, you know, we were built for endurance. That's what we yeah. drifted to as young people. But now I'm competing in stuff that I might not be genetically adapted to. My son watched me at a high jump meet and he goes, dad, you don't look like any of those Olympic <laughs> high jumpers. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Uh, but it's just a challenge. And we, I think we no, need those throughout life, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a, you know, that do something that scares you i like that you know because the mm. the sprinting and the, all that stuff is, is you know is fun for me because i'm so bad at it but i like it <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah right on okay so how do we connect with you and learn about what you're doing at platinum fitness uh the website you know platinumfitnesssummerlin.com or my i'm platinum sb platinum fitness on on instagram i'm not a big social media i try to be but it's tough yeah. To that. It's tough to do that world. Uh, I think I posted once in, uh, you know, yesterday for in, in two years or something. But, you know, it's more, you know, I, it's anyone that comes to Santa Barbara, I always say, hey, just come by the gym. Just, you know, come. I have a great gym. I have a little Airbnb upstairs. I'm like, hey, just come and work out if you're in town. Like, I mean, I'm pretty much down there by myself. Like, you know, anyone who wants to come in to do cardio or work out, just, just stop. Right by. on. It's a destination. You got to do it. Uh, tourism yeah. attraction. Yeah. Peter Park, everybody. Thanks for listening. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, I want to tell you about Schwank Grills. This is a revolutionary portable gas infrared grill that uses the exact same heating technology as the world's best steakhouses. You heat up to 1500 degrees Fahrenheit to grill the juiciest steak you've ever tasted in as little as three minutes. Can you believe it? That's right. You do not have to go to those crowded, noisy, super overpriced steakhouses anymore when you have the same technology in your backyard. And the Schwank portable infrared grill is not just for steak. You can make chicken wings, hamburgers, seafood, lobster, vegetables. 
I make salmon in three minutes. They even have a pizza stone accessory. I want you to visit their very informative and mouth-watering website at schwankgrills.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-N-K. Everything you cook, faster, juicier. The speed is so important, so convenient. Uh, There's a drip tray on the bottom, so you let the juices drip down. I love the bison burger, the venison burgers. That's my game. And then you can add a mixture of butter, spices, whatever you want, into the tray. Pour it back onto your meat or your salmon for a huge improvement in flavor. Are you getting hungry? I am. (laughs) Let's go to schwankgrills.com, S-C-H-W-A-N-K, grills.com, and up your home cooking game. This is a -a one-of-a-kind grill. I have a great discount code for you. Of course, it's BRAD150 to save $150 off your purchase of a Schwank grill. I hope you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to check out the Primal Endurance Mastery Course at primalendurance.fit. This is the ultimate online educational experience where you can learn from the world's great coaches and trainers, diet, peak performance, and recovery experts, as well as lengthy one-on-one interviews from several of the greatest endurance athletes of all time, not published anywhere else. It's a major educational experience with hundreds of videos, but you can get free access to a mini course with an ebook summary of the Primal Endurance Approach and nine step-by-step videos on how to become a Primal Endurance Athlete. This mini course will help you develop a strong basic understanding of this all-encompassing approach to endurance training that includes primal-aligned eating to escape carbohydrate dependency and enhance fat metabolism, building an aerobic base with comfortably paced workouts, strategically introducing high-intensity strength and sprint workouts, emphasizing rest recovery and annual periodization, and finally cultivating an intuitive approach to training instead of the usual robotic approach of fixed weekly workout schedules. Just head over to primalendurance.fit and learn all about the course and how we can help you go faster and preserve your health while you're at it. 